We'll go to, we're going to go to a few different places this morning, but we're going to start in Psalm 150. It's all good. Let's pray. Lord, we're not here to be entertained this morning. We're here to encounter you, Lord God. We don't want to just uh, stay comfortable, stay where we're at. We want to be changed and transformed, Lord, by your presence, by your word, Lord, by your power at work within us, God. And so now as we open up your word, I just pray that our hearts would also be opened up wide, Lord God. I pray that you would stir our hearts afresh this morning, God, um, to be a people of praise, Lord God. And I just pray that you would speak to us now and that we would not just listen to and hear a nice sermon and go from here, but we would actually hear what you would say to us through this message, Lord, and be changed as a result, God, I pray. I ask for your help. I ask that you would breathe life into these words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord. If you remember nothing else from the sermon this morning, remember those three words. That will stand you in good stead, I think. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Here we go. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There we go. That's good. Praise the Lord. And this wonderful psalm, I I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the very last psalm in the book of Psalms. It's this resounding call to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Time and time again, it says, it calls us, it exhorts us. And it's actually a command given here. Praise the Lord. It's not just a suggestion. That's a good idea. It's not just a something to try if everything else you've tried has failed. Although if everything else has failed, praise is a great place to turn. Praise the Lord. It's a command. Who has breath in their bodies this morning? Okay. <laughs> A few less of you than I would have thought would have responded. That's okay. If you can hear this this morning, you have breath in your bodies. All right. Just so we're all clear. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let's use the breath that he has given us, that he has breathed into us to praise the Lord, to give thanks, to proclaim who he is and and all that he's done, to proclaim his wonders. And I think it's just wonderful in in this particular psalm that we find the essence of praise, what praise is all about. So clearly, it says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's all focused on and for Him. And praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. You know, praise is preoccupied with who God is and with what He has done. It focuses on His incomparable character and His wondrous works on behalf of His children. And one of my prayers and deep desires for us as a church is that we would be a people of praise, that we would be a people of praise, you know, a people of praise, not just when we perhaps feel like it, not just when things are going well and the world is all as it should be, 
but that we would be a people of praise in season and out, in good times and bad, because there is power in praise. And that's what I want to spend some time focusing on this morning, the power of praise. You know, people of praise aren't easily thrown off course or distracted or weighed down because we know our focus. We know where our focus is. It's on the Lord, on who he is and on what he has done for us. You know, people of praise know how to fight battles, as we've sung about this morning. That when things may come against us, when we feel oppression on every side, we know how to fight. It's to, to praise the Lord and allow him to fight on our behalf. You might remember back to the start of this year, the very first Sunday of this year, where Andrew preached a message, kind of laying out what he felt like the Lord had put on his heart for us as a theme for this year. And it was, this is the place of praise. This is the place of praise. Not just when this happens, that'll be the place of praise. But here and now, this is the place of praise. And you know, it's, it was a great message. And it's easy to hear that message at the start of a new year where you have a sense of expectancy, perhaps excitement about the year. Yes, great. This is the place of praise. It's going to be a year of good things. And that's wonderful. But we're nearly two-thirds of the way through the year now. I don't know how that's happened, but we are. We're two-thirds of the way through the year. And you know, it may be that throughout the course of this year, there may have been some unexpected challenges that have arisen in your life. It may be that there have been some difficulties that you weren't expecting. There may be that uh, there are some circumstances that have not yet changed that you were desperately hoping would back at the start of this year. Perhaps it's not as easy to sing or say that this is the place of praise. But I want to stir our hearts afresh this morning to remind us of the significance and the power of praise. Because as we choose the pathway of praise in our lives, it opens up the door to the Lord doing miraculous things on our behalf. The first thing I want us to keep in mind this morning, we were created to be a people of praise. We were created to be a people of praise. That's, that's why we were made and formed. We were created to be worshippers. And unfortunately for, for many people, it's not God that is the object of their worship. But something else fills that void. So let's be a people, let's do what we were designed and created to do and be a people of praise. In Isaiah 43 verse 21 it says, you know, God speaking, the people who I form for myself that they may declare my praise. In 1 Peter 2 it says, you know, you're a chosen people. A people for my own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who call us out of darkness and into his light. Declare and proclaim. Declare and proclaim. It's interesting those two words are used there because praise, in order for it to be praise, must be voiced and expressed. Right? It's no good just keeping it bottled up in here. I'm just going to pray. Of course, there's times for quiet reflection and humble reverence and all that sort of thing, but praise must be expressed in some way. You know, um, we have two little boys and our eldest, a few years ago, we went through that phase of toilet training, and, uh, which is, you know, one of those things that you go through as a parent, and we're probably about to start that with our youngest as well. But at the time, you use praise, don't you, to encourage, encourage him, to let him know that he's doing the right thing. But it's not like we just 
kind of keep the praise bottled up and we just, you know, we actually express it. We say, great job, buddy. You're doing real, that's, that's fantastic. Or if there was a mistake, that's all right, we'll try again next time. You, you give expression to your praise, don't you? And it's the same, I think, when we come before the Lord. We must give expression. It's what we were created to do. And I just looked, I'd like to just uh, touch on a couple of stories, a couple of passages here in Scripture to bring out and encourage us and hopefully stir our hearts afresh with the significance and the power of praise. So would you turn with me quickly to the left, 2 Chronicles 20. A well-known passage, one of my favorite in the Old Testament. And uh, we're just going to bring a few things out of that this morning. So this is, this is a passage that it's a story of, of this great victory that God brought about for the people of Judah. And Judah, of course, means praise. The tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise. And, you know, as you look through Scripture, obviously it's a very significant tribe. Um, Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah. But all throughout we see just there's this significance about Judah being the, the, the praises, the people of praise. You know, it says that Judah led Israel through the wilderness as they went out in their formation through the wilderness. The people of praise led God's people through the wilderness. I think that's interesting. In Psalm 114 verse 2, it says that Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. So, of course, God's over, he has dominion over all of the nation of Israel, all of his people. But he makes his sanctuary, his dwelling, if you like, among the praises, among the people of praise. And you know, when David uh, was anointed as king, obviously Samuel had anointed him and there was this incredible call on his life to reign over God's people. But it was first that he reigned over Judah for seven years prior to, to ascending the, the throne of the whole kingdom. You know, it was the people of Judah, the people of praise, if you like, who recognized that he was God's chosen one, his chosen king. And today, the people of praise will still most readily accept the new things that God is doing and will embrace them with their lives. And so I believe we should be stirred and challenged to become the people of praise that God would have us be so that we are ready to flow with him in what he is wanting to do in these days. So back here in 2 Chronicles 20, that was just an aside about praise and the significance of the people of Judah. But here we have it. It's a place of great difficulty. It's a place of great uncertainty. There's fear. There's three armies that have come against the people of Judah. And the leader, Jehoshaphat, he, he, you know, he's afraid, but he turns to the Lord. He set his face to seek God in the midst of a vast army coming against them. And, you know, they looked to the Lord under the direction of Jehoshaphat, the nation's leader. And they received word that the battle was not theirs to fight, but the Lord's. The battle was not theirs to fight, but the Lord's. And he was going to bring about a great deliverance. I wonder if there may be some of us this morning who might be in the midst of battles, engaged in battles in our own lives. But we've been trying really hard. We've been binding this and rebuking this and striving to claim the victory. And perhaps what we may need to do is lay down 
that fight, pick up the weapon of praise and allow the Lord in to fight on our behalf. It's an interesting battle strategy. And we're going to read from just verse uh, 20 of 2 Chronicles 20. It says, They rose early in the morning. They went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so that they were routed. So that they were routed. Amazing and interesting battle strategy there. It's like the king's there. He goes, okay, we've got the armed men over here. We've got the army. Great, they're ready to go. Okay, where are the singers? Where are the praises? All right, can you come over this way, please? Okay, off you go. You can go out first. And I don't know, that would have been an interesting dynamic at play, perhaps the armed men being like, hang on a minute. We're, these guys going ahead of us, we're trained for war. But the praises go out first. Praise is a powerful weapon. That's the second thing I want us to be stirred about this morning. It says, when they began to sing in praise, the Lord worked miraculously. He brought the victory. The enemy fled and was routed. You know, it's interesting, the song that they were singing, it wasn't like they were calling down fire from heaven to rebuke the enemy. It wasn't like they were binding this and rebuking this and all that. They, they just began to sing and praise it was a song of praise focused on God, focused on His nature and His works. Something happens in our lives when we choose the pathway of praise. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to awaken our hearts afresh this morning to the revelation of the power of praise to see breakthrough, to see victory, to see the enemy routed and defeated in our lives in this city, in our nation. And you know, this morning, you may not be facing a literal army encamped around you on every side, but of course we know that we're in a spiritual battle. You may be facing other things. Perhaps it's a diagnosis that's totally rocked your world. It's come from left field. Perhaps it's, you know, a difficult work situation. Perhaps it's a relational thing. Perhaps it's fear that's crippling you. Perhaps it's disappointments. Whatever it might be this morning, one of the most significant yet largely untapped spiritual weapons we have at our disposal is praise. It's simply praise. To turn our focus to the Lord and just begin to praise. And of course, this morning, I'm not in any way saying that we should move away from or neglect the other wonderful spiritual weapons at our disposal. The Word of God. It's vital in our lives. Prayer. It's like a lifeline. But... To remind us of the significance of the weapon of praise that is at our disposal as the people of God. What happens when we praise? We've had a taste here. But I'd love to just turn to the New Testament now. Acts 16 and I'd love to just revisit this passage that Andrew started the year with. Just to, to stir our hearts afresh. Acts chapter 16, 25 to 34. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. About midnight. Now, God gives us songs in the night, seasons. 
They were praying, they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your, your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. What a wonderful passage that is. We start off at this place in, in the midnight season, about midnight. They were praising, they were praying, they were seeking the Lord. And suddenly, the Bible says, have you ever found yourself in an and suddenly moment? Perhaps this is a season of the and suddenly moment for you. What happens when they praise? What happens when we praise? Well, they're praising. There was an earthquake. So the atmosphere of the environment changed. Something shifted in the actual environment and atmosphere that they were in as they praised. It says that the prison doors opened. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. Freedom was released. Freedom came. The jailer. The poor guy was terrified at what would happen to him because the doors were open and everything was gone. Everyone he thought were gone, sorry. He was about to kill himself. But in that environment where praise was operating, instead of death, there was life. It was midnight. It was dark. The jailer called for lights. In the place of darkness, there was light. And then the jailer and his family were saved. Salvation was evident. And was present in this place, this environment or atmosphere of praise. All these things, the atmosphere changes, freedom comes, life is released, light comes in place of darkness, and salvation is released as well. All these things happen in this environment or this atmosphere of praise. And I believe with all my heart that these, still, these things still happen today and are released today in our midst when the people of God praise, when we lift our eyes, when we focus on the Lord, when we proclaim and declare who He is, when we give voice and expression to our praise. And you know, there is a place for a song of triumphant praise when victory comes. That's a wonderful, wonderful song, isn't it? You know, back in Exodus chapter 15, that's the first recorded new song in the whole of the Bible. When the people of God had... Um, experienced great deliverance. They'd crossed the Red Sea and the Lord had closed the Red Sea and brought them into great victory. And there's this song of triumph, which is wonderful. But anyone can sing and praise when the victory and the breakthrough has already come. It's significant, I think, in both these passages this morning that the song of praise was offered up before the victory before the breakthrough, in spite of less than ideal circumstances. They were surrounded on every side by an army. 
They were, they were bound and beaten and locked up in prison. It's before the breakthrough came. And there's something significant about that sort of offering. It's often referred to as the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. In Hebrews 13, it says, Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. You know, I've heard many people say or many people wrestle with this whole idea of a sacrifice of praise because they, they might think, and I've had this myself, oh, well, you know, if I'm, if I'm singing something that I don't really feel, or I don't perhaps yet really believe or I've grabbed hold of, isn't that just hypocrisy? Isn't that just emotionalism? I would say, no, it's a declaration of faith. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's looking at the circumstances, the things that we may be facing. Yes, the reality that they're there. And in spite of those things, choosing to set our hearts to praise the Lord. It's only emotionalism when we choose to praise when we feel like it or when we choose not to praise when we don't feel like it. Because that's when we're giving in to our feelings and our emotions. And how many of us know that they change from day to day, from hour to hour, from minute to minute even? The sacrifice of praise. It's a people of praise who will recognize the circumstances, not gloss over them, not just, you know, be fake about it or sweep them under the carpet. Because many of us are facing real issues, real problems, real difficulties. I get that this morning. So we're recognizing those circumstances, but in the face of them, still offering up to God and bringing to Him an offering of praise. And I think when we offer up praise to the Lord, declaring truth about who He is, declaring truth about His acts or His nature, in the midst of circumstances that may look completely different or completely the opposite, I believe it's kind of like a kick in the teeth to the enemy. We talk, talked about in 2 Chronicles 20 that as they began to sing and praise, the enemy was routed. And I, I would just love it if, you know, every time we as the people of God come to worship together or every time in our own personal lives that we turn our hearts to praise the Lord. It's like the enemy is like, oh no, they're coming again. They're coming again to praise they're going to declare truth about who God is. And you know what? They're actually going to start believing it and grabbing hold of that. That's when we see the enemy routed. There's something about an offering of praise that, you know, is offered up contrary to what the circumstances may be saying. You know, when we're perhaps faced with a mountain of bills and we can't see where the, the money will come from to afford it, but in spite of that, we still set our hearts to praise the Lord. Lord, I just thank you that you are provider, that you are faithful, that you are the God who is able, more than able to do above and beyond what we ask or think. You know, that's an off, that takes faith. It's a declaration of faith. But I tell you what, it thwarts the enemy as you begin to declare who God is over your situations and circumstances. Perhaps it's a physical issue, long-term sickness or pain, whatever it might be. 
when we proclaim that God is healer, that he is deliverer, that he will make a way. That's a declaration of faith. It's a sacrifice of praise, but it is, there's something powerful about that. It might be that fear is crippling, but when you declare that God is the one, Jesus is the one who is the Prince of Peace, and you face, perhaps you feel despair, but you proclaim the Lord to be your hope. You proclaim Him the one to be the anchor for your soul. I'll tell you what, something begins to rise in your hearts. The circumstances may not change right away. They might not change. But I tell you what, our perspectives will. Something will shift in our hearts and lives as we set our hearts to praise. And you know, this morning, if I haven't mentioned any of the situations or circumstances you're facing, you might be sitting there this morning thinking, I just, I just don't really know how to praise in this, in this season I'm in. I, I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know how. I, I can't, you know, I, I don't know of any reasons why, why I would praise. Well, let me encourage all of us this morning that we knew, need not look any further than the majesty and the wonder of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need not look any further than his ultimate triumph, the cross, his death and his resurrection. It's made a way for us to be in relationship with God. It's brought us peace. We need not look any further this morning than our Lord Jesus and his death and his resurrection. There's that song we sing, 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. 10,000 reasons. I mean, maybe that could be a challenge for the week. See if you can find 10,000 reasons. I'm sure you could if you try. 10,000 reasons for our hearts to find to praise the Lord. We have endless reasons to praise Him. And uh, this morning, just as we uh, bring our service to a close, we're going to, uh, it's good to hear a message about praise, um, but I'd love us to actually activate this morning. Put that into practice. I'm going to invite the worship team to just uh, come back up. Everyone's still around, hopefully. How about we stand up as well? So as the team leads us just in a song or two at the end, I want us as his people gathered here to, to be a people of praise, to enter into to praising the Lord this morning. You might have come in here with that sense of heaviness. You might have come in here, you're doing great, fantastic. Let us, we're going to offer up to the Lord a sacrifice, perhaps an offering of praise. And uh, we're going to do that without any sense of hype, we're going to do it, you know, it's no, praise is not a tool of manipulation to get God to do what we want Him to do. Just come to praise, come to worship. If there are areas you need breakthrough in this morning, come to praise the Lord first and foremost. And as we uh, just have a bit more of a time of worship, as we finish up, the prayer team are going to be here as well. Uh, and if, if you need prayer for anything in particular, 
I just would encourage you and invite you to come just once we have a song or two of worship. And particularly if there's, if there's things in your life and areas that you need breakthrough in, come and receive prayer this morning. Come and receive prayer. Allow the Lord into those circumstances and situations. All right, so let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done, Lord. We, we truly have endless reasons to praise you, Lord God. And just um, right now, we just set our hearts upon you. We look to you, Lord, and I just pray that we would be a people of praise, Lord. I pray in some way that you would have stirred our hearts this morning, Lord God, that there is power in praise. There is power as we lift our voice and give expression to who you are, Lord. I thank you that we don't have to be people who sing in tune or have rhythm or anything like that. The Bible says to make a joyful noise to the Lord, Lord. May we be a people of the joyful noise, a people of praise, a people who aren't silent, who don't hold back, but Lord, who offer up the sacrifice of praise, Lord God, no matter what we may be facing, no matter what sort of army may be surrounding us on every side. We thank you that you are God, that you are good, that you are always worthy of our praise. And it's our joy to just bring to you an offering. So we thank you. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Let's worship together.
have a sense that this is to be kind of like a, a line in the sand moment of like Lord we are going to be a people of praise we are going to pursue you we're going to bless you we're going to minister to you we're going to seek after you with everything that we have so Lord I I just pray each and every person here that you would awaken our hearts afresh this morning Stir our hearts afresh, Lord, to be a people of praise, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would just step into more of what you have for us, Lord God. For each one of us personally, but for us as a church as well, God. I thank you that worship people setting their hearts to praise is, is a big part of that, Lord God. 
So let this be like a line in the sand moment this morning, Lord God. We set our hearts to be a people of praise.